You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, fellas, you are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungamak. I'm the founder and curator and host of today's show. Today we're going to talk about taking back boyhood. I plan on doing a series of these, actually. I think it's something that's really important, especially right now, as we're going through the things we're going through right now as a country um, and as a church and all kinds of things. There's um, The reality is we don't have the men we want around us, and it's becoming very, very evident every single day. Um, and Douglas Wilson, way back, 100, over 100 years ago, said, if boys won't learn, men won't know. So we need to start talking about what we can do to help boys become one day the men we need them to be and will need them to be. But before we get into that, we got to talk about our show sponsors today. The Christ for Disciples podcast, of course, is a sponsor of every single episode that goes on here. I can't sing Pastor Steinberg's praises enough. If you're not listening to the Christ for Disciples podcast, make sure that you do so. Do so every single morning. It'll help you um, become a better parent. It'll help you grow. Um, it'll help you be cognizant and thoughtful about the way that you are training up your children, hopefully, in the way of the Lord. The second sponsor for our podcast today is Brigger Beard General Beard Oils. I've been talking about it, and here it is. It's good stuff. Oh my goodness, this is deep in the woods. This is the one that smells the absolute best, if you ask me, but Whiskey Barrel is also excellent. Um, Nate Hensler is a good friend of mine, and he's the one that makes these Brigger Beard General Beard Oils and Supplements. Go ahead, find Brigger Beard General at Brigger Beard General on Facebook or at uh, Google slash sites. Nope. Google.sites forward If you want to buy this, find Nate Hensler's store at uh, Brigadier General on Facebook or at sites.google.com forward slash Brigadier General. Ugh, good enough. All right. Today we're going to talk about reclaiming boyhood and the idea that if boys are going to be men someday, especially the men we want them to be and the men that we need, and it's becoming more and more evident that we're going to need real, strong, genuine Christian men, we better train them up in the way that they should go. Um, I quoted Douglas Wilson earlier. He's one of my favorite guys talking about boyhood in particular when he says, if boys don't learn, men won't know. If we don't teach boys to be men after God's own heart, they never will be. They won't be as men either. Obviously, our nation is in a masculinity crisis. Um, it's obvious when you walk around Walmart and you just look at the people of Walmart. It's obvious uh, when you walk into a school and you experience the way kids interact with each other. Um, it's obvious in our churches. It's obvious everywhere. But it's most obvious, I believe, uh, when you watch the news and you listen to the media and you see the things that uh, the media and the news and our culture are saying about masculinity and manhood in general. Um, and you also see it evidenced in the fact that... Um, feminism and this gender fluidity thing is a thing at all. Um, if men were behaving as men ought to behave, not only would no one have, an, well, very few people would have a legitimate issue with men, um, but uh, they would also recognize the value of men if men would behave the way men ought to behave. And unfortunately, it's a reality of our day and age that many men do not behave as they ought. Um, even the, quote, manly men, Oftentimes, it's just a facade, and it's just as much wickedness and evil on the inside um, as they claim to see in each other. Um, so the only solution to that problem is to raise up boys in order to be men. 
Who we are as men is not defined by culture. Who we are as men is not defined by the media. It's not defined by teachers. It's not defined by anything or anyone other than the one who created us and made us man and woman. I'm not an expert on femininity or womanhood, and I don't I don't talk about femininity, femininity and womanhood much because I have no qualifications to do so. But I am a man. I, I seek to be a man after God's own heart. I try to be a better man every single day. And I actively pursue godly man, manhood with all that I do every single day, even when I mess up. Um, and so I want to share my journey with you and hopefully have you join on the same journey. And I know there's a lot of young dudes, some of my students. What's up, fellas? I know you, I know you like the look. Anyway, um, I know that there's a lot of young men who want to be good men too, but they just don't know where to start or where to turn. So here's the deal. The only place we're really ever going to truly learn about being men, especially men of God, Christian men, is from the Bible. And now, there's been a whole lot of whitewashed, godly masculinity stuff that goes on in the world. Uh, but the first thing to understand about the Bible is that when you read it yourself, you will find very quickly that the Jesus of the Bible was not some nice, you know, seedy, femi guy. Um, that we oftentimes see both portrayed in church and on the media. He was something else entirely. And the God that we serve is a mighty and awesome and wonderful God who is very much masculine. And we are created in his image. And it's an awesome, wonderful thing. But as sinners, our masculinity is tainted by sin. Um, and we are not the men that God created us to be. We never will be. Uh, but it is something that's put out there for us to pursue as a righteous goal. And so... In the New Testament books of the Bible, especially in the epistles, both Paul and Peter, the apostles, talk in great detail about what young men should be doing and how we should train up young men in the way that they should go, what we should be teaching young men about manhood. There's four things, if you really boil it down, that they say are important to teach young men in manhood. The first does not actually apply to the young men. It applies to the men who are in these boys' lives. The first thing that they say about masculinity and manhood, the first thing anything, the first thing anybody ever says about teaching young people in the Bible always starts in the same place. You must set an excellent example. You must lead by example. You must be the man you hope your sons become one day. Because your sons, whether they follow in your footsteps or they go in the opposite direction, who your sons are is going to be greatly affected. I'm not going to say it's the, the only determinant, because it's not. But who your sons are will to an extreme degree depend on who you are as a man and what you choose to become as a man. Okay, And that's incredibly important. We'll talk about that in a second. The other three things that they talk about are simple and they're straightforward, but they're incredibly important and they are timeless. Be humble, be submissive to authority, and be self-controlled. We'll talk about those in a second. We're going to start by leading by example. Who you are is going to determine who your sons become. And that's a very stern warning and it's a terrifying thing if you are a sinful man. And each one of us is a sinful human being. But fathers and men understand that who you are is going to be reflected in who your sons are someday. Whether it's reflected in them following in your footsteps and, and becoming just like you one day, or whether it's reflected in them rebelling against you and becoming something absolutely opposite, who you are has a great effect on who your sons will be. There is no place for do what I say and not what I do in Christian masculinity and in Christian manhood and in raising sons, even if you are just a big brother, even if you are just an uncle, even if you don't have children of your own. Who you are around a young man in your life over whom you have influence 
is going to be a determinant in who those young men are someday. If you want them to be men after God's own heart, you better be one too. And that means, boys, you need to think about who you emulate. You need to think about who you pursue. You need to think about who you act like. Look at the dudes around you, the men around you, the grown men around you. Decide who you want to be like and start to emulate them. That's exactly how boys learn to be men. That's how they've learned to be men for hundreds of years, for thousands of years, since the beginning of time. That's how boys have learned how to be men, by watching the men around them and acting like them. So if you see men around you that don't seem particularly masculine, if you see men around you that you know you don't want to be like, don't act like them. If you don't like their life, if you don't like who they are or what they've become or the way they behave, don't emulate them. Find somebody else that you can follow. Find somebody else who can lead. And you, if you're watching this video out of your own volition, you're already old enough to understand that and you're already old enough to decide who you want to be someday and what you want to be like. Be careful who you choose as your heroes and emulate those men who choose to be men after God's own heart. Now, once we establish that, and we establish the fact that men who are going to lead properly are going to lead by example, there are three things that the Bible tells us we need to teach young men. The first is they need to be humble. In fact, Peter says young men should be clothed in humility. It should be the garment that they wear. They should be so humble that it, it visibly looks like they're wearing it upon themselves. My favorite way to describe this, and, and one of my favorite uh, schools that I've ever taught at, um, described it as God first, others second, and I'm third. Now, it's not a perfect uh, analogy. It's not a perfect slogan, but I think it does a great job of showing young people what humility truly is. It's putting God absolutely first. God is more important than me. God is more important than the people around me. And God is more important than anything else will ever be. So my relationship with my Heavenly Father comes first. Everything that I do should be centered and grounded in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Even what I believe about myself should be determined by what God says about me. If I put others second and before myself, if I say I'm third, it means I'm putting others second as well. So I'm seeking to serve God first, seeking to serve others second. Um, I have a, a set of rules that I keep at my house, and we'll do a different podcast on this someday. I have a set of rules that I keep at my house and in my classroom all the time. They are whatever hurts my brother or hurts me, leave it better than you found it, and if it's illegal or immoral, don't do it here. Well, those are easy and simple rules to live by, and they will always serve you well. Why? Why do we live this way? Why do we say God first, others second, I'm third? Well, very simple. Jesus said that the greatest of these things is love. And he also said that the entire law can be summed up with two commandments. Love God more than anything else and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it means to be humble. And that's the first thing you need to learn if you're going to be a man of God. Second thing you need to understand if you're going to learn to be a man of God is you need to be submissive to authority. Now, we as Americans really don't like being submissive to authority. We hate that term. We hate that idea that I should be you know, under someone else. We like to be free. It's a free country, right? But in order to be teachable, in order to learn anything, I have to be vulnerable. In order to be vulnerable, I must surrender my power. That's the way I like to describe submiss being submissive to authority. Surrendering my power to someone that I trust, someone who is an authority over me so that they can lead me and guide me. If I don't make myself vulnerable, I can't learn a thing. I have to admit I don't know something in order to learn something else. Think about math class. If you're learning a new concept in math class and you've decided that you already know what you're going to learn for that day and you're not listening, you're not going to learn anything no matter how good your teacher is. But if you own the fact that you don't know it yet and you say, you know what? I'm never going to learn this if I don't learn it from you. So I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to admit I don't know it. And I'm going to let you teach me. 
That's when real learning begins. And that's the way you're going to learn how to be a man too. You need to be vulnerable. You need to allow men to speak into your life, whether it's something that you like to hear, something you don't like to hear, whether it's constructive criticism or whether it's just downright negative. You need to take what men around you say to heart, especially men who are in love with Jesus and who love you, and you need to let them speak into your life and into your heart. It's teachability, coachability, right? You don't become a better basketball player if you never listen to your coach. Well, you're never going to be a better man if you don't listen to the men around you and the God who created you. So be submissive to authority. Actually, that kind of fits in with letter A, too, that lead by example. The idea that who you follow, who you emulate is going to have a great effect on who you become someday. Because who you allow to be around you is going to have a great effect on who you become. Well, if you're going to follow, in the, if you're going to be vulnerable, if you're going to give yourself, surrender your authority to somebody, surrender your power to somebody and let them lead you and guide you, you better be really careful about who you choose to give yourself to, to be vulnerable with. And that applies to young men and old men alike. Are you the kind of man who a young man should emulate? Are you the kind of man who kids should be like someday? And young men, is this guy who you're following, is he really the kind of leader? Is he really the kind of man you want to be someday? You got to take those things into account. The third thing the Bible tells us we should teach young men is to be self-controlled. Now that one seems pretty obvious, right? You can't just go be a bull in a china shop all the time wrecking stuff because you're going to cause havoc for everybody. But it's something way bigger than that. It's something far more eternal than that. One of my favorite quotes from my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis once said, You should never teach children that they have a soul. You should teach children that they are a soul and they have a body. And if you keep those things in mind, man... Being self-controlled becomes ever more important. It's one of the most important things you will ever do. Let everything you do serve God. Let everything your body does serve God. And if God is the one whom I serve, well, you need to understand that my body and my flesh have been corrupted. My body and my flesh are not perfect. My body and my flesh do not desire the things of God. My body and my flesh do not have the same goals that I do. My soul loves the Lord, and wants to spend eternity with Him. My body, because it has been corrupted, because it is going to die, it stands in direct opposition oftentimes to the will of God. And so when I give in and let my body or let my mind do what it wants, when I give in to the, the sensuality of the world, whether that be to be angry, whether that be sexual sins like pornography and masturbation, or even having sex um, in ways that God doesn't give us permission to do so, whether it be giving in and cheating, whether it be um, destroying my body by eating too much or, or by the opposite, going way too hardcore on the workouts and, and putting myself at risk. When I choose to put my body first, when I put my body at risk um, for pleasure, for sensuality, for things that make me feel good, outside of the realm of spirituality, I'm giving the devil a foothold. Paul spends almost the entire book of Romans talking about the idea that I am not a slave to sin any longer, but I must discipline my mind and my body to behave that way. Right? He spends a whole section, he spends a whole chapter of text talking about I do not do the things I want to do, the things I do not want to do, these I keep on doing. And if I don't want to do what I do, then it must not be me, it must not be my soul, it must be sin that is living within me. Okay? Understand that your soul is far more valuable than your body, and you must discipline your body to serve your Creator. Okay, let's recap this real quick before I go. All right, 
If you're gonna be, a, if you're gonna raise up young men in your household and in your family, you first of all need to be a great leader. You need to lead by example. If you want your sons to be a man after God's own heart, then you better be a man after God's own heart. And then once you decide to be a man after God's own heart, you need to train your sons to do three things: be humble, put God first, others second, and themselves third; to be submissive with authority. In other words, be coachable and teachable and surrender their power to you so that you can guide them. And third, to be self-controlled. Because men who give themselves over to the sensuality of the world lose their souls. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let that happen to your sons. And remember why we are doing what we're doing. Because we want to have a peaceful and happy life here on this earth. But mostly... Because we don't want our sons to fall away into sin, into the depravity of the world, and be lost for all eternity. Our goal ultimately is heaven. And we must have young men who are disciplined and stout enough in their faith to cling to their Savior and find themselves beside the throne of God forever. All right, fellas, go be the man that God created you to be. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.